It's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Hey, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Monday Night Sports Talk. We're with you until 6 o'clock tonight. As Mr. Honda said, the phone lines are open, 356 356- 9397 is the number if you want to talk some Illinois football after that win at Nebraska. Want to talk Illinois basketball. The season starts this week with three games. Matt Daniels, sports editor of the News Gazette with me. And uh, Scott Ritchie here as well. Bob Osmussen joins us on the telephone. We're going to talk with Bob about the game. And Matthew, Mm -hmm. busy week. Uh, you took the words right out of my <laughs> mouth, Steve. Uh, it's it's feast week. It's it's Thanksgiving, but uh, it also means a boatload of uh, Illinois uh, sporting events, which we're more than happy to have back on the calendar after for so long there being nothing. After going eventless, exactly. <laughs> uh, but we have five this week. We obviously the football game this Saturday. The Illini host uh, third-ranked Ohio State, and uh, they're twenty-eight and a half point underdogs right now going into. To Saturday, and then three men's basketball games starting on Wednesday, and then this afternoon because it's 2020 and basketball scheduling is kind of a a mess this year because of the pandemic. The Illinois women's basketball schedule came out this afternoon, and they open in about 48 hours. <laughs> so two days, <laughs> two days before they open at State Farm Center Wednesday night, 7 p.m. against Indiana State. So a uh, lot to a uh, lot to get to this week, and. I hope Bob Osmussen's listening on the phone, and I'm wondering where his All-State football team is. Bob, there's the question for you. Oh, I did all right. Oh, all you right. did it? So, wait down. Okay. No, I did not. <laughs> I, in, the, in the spring, I'll do one. It's, it's really weird not to have it be in the paper Thursday normally, and it's really odd not to do it. But, yeah, we'll be ready. We'll, we'll we'll get a team. I thought we'll about I thought about just texting you or calling you randomly last week and just asking you where it was, Bob. But I didn't want to I didn't want to <laughs> rattle you even more. No, it's fine. It'd be funny. I like that. Scott Ritchie here as well. Getting set. Finally, knock on for Micah <laughs> or whatever that uh, this tabletop is. We'll pretend it's wood. <laughs> that the uh, basketball season actually starts within 48 hours, but uh, we had a little change, as everybody knows now, in the schedule of this multi-team event with Wright State uh, electing not to come and Chicago State deciding to fill in, but I know you're ready to to cover some real game action. Yeah, absolutely, and like, I'm sort of all in on college basketball these days. Um, Yeah, I just, that's what I, I guess I've chosen to be most interested in, but I guess it worked out for Illinois that they had Chicago State in their back pocket, I guess, you know, when, when Wright State had, um, as Coach Scott Nagy told you guys on Saturday morning, half his team yeah. test positive or, you know, well, I guess one player test positive and several more out He said he had himself tracing. and six other guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't quite enough to, to play three games in three days. Hick- but, Hickory High used to do that yeah, back they in the did. day. Yeah, well, it's, it's uh, kind of, that's a, that's a teaser for our special section coming out Wednesday so there yeah, you go it may or may not be Hoosiers themed there you go uh, but no it 
they're set to play, you know, those three games and, you know, let's everyone cross all of your fingers and toes maybe and that they they get those games in. Well, what about the games in the, <laughs> a little bit further down the road? Uh, Baylor coach Scott Drew tested positive. Anything new from uh Waco, Texas yeah, today. They, they were supposed to play Arizona State out in uh, Connecticut. Uh, it's kind of the Empire Classic out there, and they canceled that uh, today. Baylor won't play out there. I think they're still having the event go yeah, on. Vill- um, Villanova and Boston College are supposed to play in the first game, and then Arizona State may play somebody. TBA. Uh, somebody well, the thing was, like East. Arizona State pulled out first because Baylor was still planning on going, and Arizona State wasn't thrilled with that idea, you know, because Scott Drew tested positive. None of the players have yet, right. but the, the Big 12 does not test daily. So there was maybe a little question, and the Pac-12 does, in fact. Um, so I think there are some doubts in Arizona State's mind. Now, Baylor has officially pulled out. Arizona State's going to go, and they might work out a schedule where they, they play somebody. Um, but I think you know that puts a little bit of doubt on – you know, the December second game between Illinois and Baylor and Indy in the Jimmy B Classic because if you kind of date back, where Scott Drew's positive test, he would like the ten day mark, which is you know would be that that next, December second game. Mm-hmm. Um, no telling what happens with the players, but you know for that event, Tennessee is also playing Gonzaga and Tennessee coach Rick Barnes tested positive today. <laughs> and they were supposed to have a multi-team event down in Knoxville, which they also canceled today as well for this week. So who knows what's going to happen, but maybe so Illinois, Illinois Gonzaga is maybe, yeah, maybe happen. the, those two teams I want to play, but uh, Roger Gonzaga R- might not come because like they were supposed to play Baylor in Indy like two days later. So if they only have one game, would Roger Powell suit the up for the Illini if that happened? I think he's probably put him at the four. You think he could go out there and you know give you give Brad Underwood some quality minutes? I'm not sure Mark Few would uh, <laughs> go along with that. Yeah. So I mean, I, I mean, does does Gonzaga travel halfway across the country to play one game? Yes. Why not? Uh, do it. Okay, but I mean, that's some. Yeah, I saw where you know Oregon was supposed to play in a multi-team the Mohegan Sun in Connecticut because that's where all of them are. But they pulled out of that to stay closer to home. So it's, I think like the Illinois women's basketball schedule, we might know about games 48 hours in advance. It might be. Well, we we had a little inter-office pool, so to speak. Not really, because we don't gamble <laughs> here in the building. But it started to look that was going to be the same way for the men's basketball schedule. We got it 48 times 96 <laughs> hours, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it... When in doubt, though, if you're Illinois and you run into a scheduling snafu this season, just call Chicago State. Well, I think there's a number of in-state programs that, you know, if you need to schedule somebody on the fly, I mean, this is the year that you play Illinois State. Illinois State goes to Columbus on Wednesday, play the Buckeyes at 1 p.m. in eastern Illinois. Both school, both Division One programs within 45 minutes of Champaign. Yeah, they, drove, they, they drive right by, don't they? Yeah, and opt- <laughs> they kind of crisscross because yeah. Eastern goes up to uh, play Wisconsin at a nice 9 p.m. tip on Wednesday night. Yeah. Oh, there, there was an interesting story, though, in the Columbus Dispatch from Adam Girardi, who covers Ohio State, is Illinois State will be tested, I'm going to get, I guess, what, tomorrow in Columbus and then again Wednesday morning, and they've got you know the, the rapid testing, and one positive case from either team because it's a daily as well. 
and the game's off. So that's going to be how this season works. Yeah, before I came here or for before the show started, for all those loyal, dedicated News Gazette readers who scan the TV guide listings and sports, <laughs> grain of salt for Wednesday's college basketball schedule because it was a nightmare to try to compile what teams were actually playing. But it's there, and take it for what it's worth right now. It may change by the time Wednesday actually happens, but there's a boatload of college basketball games set for, for Wednesday, all day Wednesday. It'll change night. before the ink dries, right? Probably. We're off and rolling on Monday Night Sports Talk. We'd love to hear from you. We've got that that football game to talk about. We're going to wake Bob up during this uh, commercial timeout and talk more about that. But stay with us. We'll take our first break. Monday Night Sports Talk phone line is open, 356-9397, if you'd like to join us. And we're back with more after this. 523 Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS. Along with the News Gazette sports writers, Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen, I'm Steve Kelly. Phone line is open, 356-9397. Robert Osmussen, check in, please. I'm here. Okay. Let's get your take on uh, the football game. I began the uh, the network radio postgame show with something like, okay, raise your hand if you saw this coming. And I... Couldn't imagine too many people in the cars out around the state or in their garage, cleaning out the garage or whatever. Couldn't imagine too many hands going up. Let's get your take on it now that uh, it's passed. You've had some time to think about that game. Well, it's funny because I had uh, somebody, a regular reader, brought me and said he expected, before the game, he expected Illinois to win. I don't think he said a big score, but he thought Illinois would win. He was pretty sure. He was more being critical of of where Nebraska was, team-wise. He thought they were not as good as maybe people here thought they were. And he, I, he was being critical, not mean, but critical. My pick, I picked Nebraska in a close game. He said, you're wrong. Illinois is going to win this game. And I thought that was pretty impressive. I wrote him back uh, Saturday after the game and said, you're right, and thank you, and, you know, good job, and all that kind of stuff. So I, I think most people, you're right, were surprised. And I, not so much the Illinois won but how they won, right. how dominant they were, how bad Nebraska was. And I'm telling you, the people of Lincoln, I wrote this afterward, they're beside themselves, right? they got to be – I mean, this, the sky is falling in Nebraska. might be literally, too, but it's really falling because the only thing they care about is football, and now they don't really have that. They're, so they're, really, that they're, they're really yearning for those nine and four days of Bo Pelini, I'm sure. Well, no, they aren't, actually. Uh, no, I, I, I understand these people very well. They're yearning for a 1995, 1997, but that's a long time ago. That's a long, long time ago. Scott Frost was a player back then. That's what they want. They want to be like that team again. I'm not sure they can ever get back, get back there. And about that time I say that, they'll come back. So I, I, always, I never say never because I saw Miami come back. I saw... Different teams come back and be good again, but Nebraska is a long ways from that right now. Yeah, but you can't blame all that, you know, the fact that they might not come back. You can't blame all that on Scott Frost. He just happens to be the guy there now that's won 10 right. out of 28 games or whatever his record is now. Right. But he's, he may be like just like Jim Harbaugh. I think I heard you guys say this on Saturday, Steve. They might not be the answer. Right. Uh, you always want that guy to come back and be the hero. I think there's four questions in back then they're at their alma maters. So Harbaugh, Boss, obviously, Pat Fitzgerald, and who's the fourth? Oh, uh, 
uh, Paul Christ. Paul Christ, yeah. So, yeah, most of them are, do, are doing really well, but and obviously Pat Fitzgerald was a great hire. I think the difference is that what Pat Fitzgerald is hanging his head on is something he knows about. So he's a, he's a defensive guy. They're always good in defense. Nebraska is running not the style of offense they ran back in the day. They're on a completely different offense. Obviously, Scott Frost did a great job, but Central Florida is a lot different than Nebraska, a lot different than the Big Ten. So I think we're seeing that uh, maybe another year they'll be better, but right now they're a mess, and and Lloyd, to their credit, took advantage of that. Yeah, I mean, Lovey Smith called it, uh, and I think you asked the question to him, uh, Bob, in, in the post-game Zoom about the, this being kind of the most complete performance of, of his tenure at, at Illinois. And in, in, oh, all, yeah. in all three phases, they, they really excelled uh, against Nebraska. Probably, I would say, this isn't obviously the, the play that won the game for Illinois, but the one that stands out to me is the Blake Hayes little dance moves that he had and the, the fake punt that resulted in right. a, a first down. and. Uh, for the way for that Brandon Peters came back and, and really responded, uh, especially after that poor start up in Wisconsin and then having to sit out for, for three games uh, because he tested positive for COVID-19, I think he really kind of put people on notice for what he could potentially accomplish, and I think that's what Illinois is striving for him. Each and every week is just kind of that consistent, accurate performance back there in, in the pocket, and then Obviously, the offensive line played really well uh, because Mike Epstein and Chase Brown both rushed for more than 100 yards, and, and the defense did what they they do under Lovey Smith, and that's take the ball away. And, and when they're forcing takeaways like they did on, on Saturday and, and limiting their mistakes on offense, this is this is what can happen. Let's hear I, a little. I thought Illinois. Go ahead. No, go you ahead. go ahead, Bob. Well, I thought Illinois had a great game plan for Nebraska's defense. I wasn't sure that would be the case, but I, I thought all along that Brandon Peters was by far the best option for Illinois because he is a dual threat. Now, even though he can't run as great as Williams, he certainly can throw the ball, and he can he's a threat to run. So he was the best option against that defense, which is really bad. So, again, you give Illinois credit for not only, not only executing, but having a plan that would really work. So – Give Rod Smith a lot of credit. I think he he's really one of the stars of the game, even though he didn't play. He did a really good job having his offense ready, you know, making Julie and getting Julie and Pearl on there. First start playing great. So a lot of credit to those guys. Let's hear a little bit of Lovey Smith. He, uh, as he always does during the season on Mondays, meets with the media. Here's what he had to say. Best we played this year, and we needed to play better. Uh, the way we started off our football season, but got a lot of things done, all three phases. And moving on to this week's game, of course, we're getting ready to play the, you know, I guess, you know, most would say, a lot of people would say the best football team. Uh, right now in college football, we understand who we're playing, the history behind Ohio State football. We had a few injuries from the game. Um, we didn't practice today, so we're still kind of evaluating where we are physically, but, um, Hopefully we get a few guys back. We had a few guys missed last week's game. And, of course, we'll need everybody this week. As Lovey Smith earlier today, some of his comments about uh, that win at Nebraska, second straight win on the road. Hasn't happened a whole lot lately, but uh, it's good to see it. I, mean, yeah, I was thinking, what if you, you knew somebody or maybe yourself, say you, were t- you took a long nap and you started back in – before March 13th, okay? <laughs> and you're just now, wake, just now waking up, and you're wondering how 
you know, how'd the March Madness go and how'd the start house football go? And then you look at the Big Ten standings, you got Penn State at 0 and 5, <laughs> Nebraska at 1 and 3, and Michigan at 2 and 3. And you're wondering, what did you wake up to? <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, hopefully no one has. Well, on the flip side, you slept through eight months of right, right. pure madness that has transpired in, in this country and around the world. I didn't but, know that was an option. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's just kind of goes to show you just how we all knew that this Big Ten football season would be really, really weird. I think it's sh- shown that on the field with the fact that you had Indiana-Ohio State as a top-10 showdown on Saturday. And Indiana has proven themselves this season that they are a legit college football program. And Tom Allen, I know what Pat Fitzgerald has done at Northwestern is impressive, but I think right now you have to say Tom Allen is the coach of the year in the Big Ten. And you have to say Ohio State mm-hmm. must get bored when they get way ahead. They That's were ahead 35-7. to seven. You know, Ohio State's been outscored – in the fourth quarter, 44 to 28. Maybe that's what year. Illinois does on Saturday. They just lull the Buckeyes into a false sense of security. Maybe. Just not let the deficit get too big. Well, Indiana managed to pick off three of Justin Fields' passes. I think those were his first three interceptions of the of the season. Bob, I heard you say, mm, when I said Tom Allen was coach of the year. Is, is, yeah, are you going to vote I, for your I, boy, I, P.J. Fleck? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, Pat Fitzgerald, by far, is the coach of the year. Nick. Dan is never be close. He's doing a great job. I love what he does post game. I love how he reacted, and obviously, he did. but they were good last year. Northwestern was, was brutal, except for the Illinois game. They were brutal last year. They lost a bunch of games they shouldn't have lost. So I think Pepper's Gerald has got a top ten team. I had them eleven, but they're a top ten team. So what he's doing there, and they are good. Wisconsin found out Saturday that they are not ready for that team. So I think Northwestern, if you look at their schedule. They don't win the West. Something happened really odd. Well, of course, that would make sense to you this year. And I think I'm going to say something crazy. Else, crazy, uh, something else crazy. They will give Ohio State a game. They won't necessarily win the game, but they will play them. They'll be close. Illinois might too. You're talking about coach of the year. You mentioned all kinds of names, and legitimately so. Yet the guy at Ohio State is 20 and one. <laughs> And hasn't lost a Big Ten game. Yeah, I mean yet. that that's the interesting thing that we always kind of grapple with. I think when in Coach of the Year, or man, sure. Manager of the Year, anything like that, is is you really kind of devalue the coach of the team that has the biggest expectations, the loftiest expectations, and the fact that you always, I think, kind of go for the coach that kind of came out of nowhere and and wasn't really you know expected. Their team wasn't expected right. to. To do as much, and whether that's right or wrong, I'm not really sure. But, yeah, you can make the argument for Ryan Day, too. I mean, what he's done in, in Columbus is, I mean, the that program is the pinnacle of what every Big Ten program is, is striving for. And, and Ryan Day said that's that's the best coaching job in America. I, oh, yeah, no question. I'm not sure he meant just college either, yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, well, Ryan Day did win I, Big Ten Coach of the Year last year. Yeah. Of course, that broke a 40-year streak where Ohio State had not won Coach of the Year and had, you know, been the best team in the conference. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can make an argument, I think, for, for Day and, and Allen and, and Fitzgerald. I just think what Tom Allen has done at Indiana is is kind of what Pat Fitzgerald did at Northwestern early in his tenure. And I think with Fitzgerald being so established at Northwestern, what – they're doing this year isn't a total shock. Yes, they were really bad last year, but prior to that, he had some really successful teams at Northwestern. At Indiana, it's been ages since 
the Hoosiers were this relevant in, in the college football landscape on the national scene. And how did Urban Meyer not win a Big Ten Coach of the Year award? Uh, probably no one liked him. <laughs> Maybe. I don't even think he wow. had double-digit sure. losses, did he, at uh, Ohio State? I don't, I don't think so. And I'm talking about for his career. Yeah, no, I don't <laughs> think he did either. Yeah, it's uh, what he did is he – you know, elevated Ohio State back again into kind right. of that that national powerhouse that they they had been and, and under Jim Trestle were, but then they had the, the scandal that happened, and then obviously Urban Meyer had some off the field issues that uh, that he had to contend with. Well, Ohio State went through a similar situation that Nebraska is going through now. They they fired a guy named yeah. Earl Bruce mm-hmm. who who just won nine or ten games yeah. every year and. <laughs> And beat Michigan in his final game. Then they brought in John Cooper. Mm-hmm. That didn't go so well. That Especially was during against the ch- Michigan and uh, Illinois. Mm-hmm. That, but he was there when Illinois won five straight against yeah. uh, Ohio State. So um, maybe they didn't uh, dip quite as far as Bob thinks maybe Nebraska has. But things can be rebuilt. It just takes a little time. Well, that's the thing too with Jim Harbaugh catching all this heat, and, and I guess rightfully so. If let's say he had won a few games against Ohio State, would the backlash be so hostile? Considering he's zero five against the Buckeyes, I don't, I don't know. No, I don't think it would because his overall record's still pretty respectable. Exactly, it is. And but again, the way they played Saturday night, needing three overtimes to win at Rutgers, is just. Man, I was pulling for Rutgers. <laughs> 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 I, I don't think I'm alone in that uh, in no. that uh, category, but. Uh, I hated to see. Then I thought Rutgers got away, got away from what was working the whole game. And once they got to overtime, and and their offensive schemes seemed to have changed a little bit. And well, that's fairly familiar because they did the is. same thing in the Illinois game. Yes, they where did. They were running the ball very well, and then yeah. let Noah Vidal just throw it a bunch, and that proved kind of fatal. All right, Bob. Anything else to say on Michigan this week? Well. They play They're, Penn State. Who do you got in that one? <laughs> that's the, yeah, that's the loser, the loser Bowl. Who knew that would be that? Mm-hmm. I think Michigan will come back and win again. Penn State's got some issues. they got some real problems. They, they, don't, they don't know who their quarterback is. They're, they're a mess. And I, I don't know what happened there other than when Micah Parsons left, it all went down from all from there. They're, they're going to have a bad year, and then, you know, they'll come back next year. They'll be good. They'll be good again. That's not going to stay down long. So you think um, the story of the Big Ten thus far is Northwestern, closely followed by Indiana's performances. And, of course, you can't count out Ohio State for what they're, what they're doing. They may be, some people think they're, they're the best team in the country. That has yet to be determined. I think to be the best team in the country, you've got to not give up, not be outscored in the fourth quarter on, on the season. But, uh, but as far as... Uh, we're kind of at the halfway point, maybe just a little bit past the halfway point. Uh, you're kind of riding the, the purple wagon, eh, Bob? Oh, definitely. And I don't think Ohio – not to disagree with Levy Smith because he's coached football for a long time. Ohio State is not the best team in the country. I think the people in Alabama, they hear that. They're going to go – they'll probably storm the castle. They'll come here and they'll go crazy. You know, they're definitely the best team in the country. Alabama, as you saw what they did Saturday, they were unreal. So they're the best team, but Ohio State's in top four. I think that's important. They're certainly the best team in the Big Ten, but it's not as far away as wide as you might think it is. And you're right, the defense and the way they let down in the second half against Indiana is is concerning. I think it's not uh, fatal, but it could be a problem. And I'm telling you, Illinois will hang closer than 
It will not be a 28-board margin this week, and I promise it will not. He promised. It's almost a guarantee. I'm wrong a lot, though. <laughs> nice, nice way to save your no bacon, guarantees. Bob. Duly noted. I'm, I'm, not I'm just happy with the 11 a.m. kickoff. I'm, I think that's a win for everyone involved. It is 5.38. Did you take a break? We'll do that and be back. Again, the phone line is open, 356-9397. If you'd like to join us here on Monday Night Sports Talk, we've talked some football Started out talking to basketball. We'll circle back to basketball as well when we continue. Stay with us. 5.43 is the time. 356-9397 is the number. This is Monday Night Sports Talk. Steve Kelly with Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen. Love to hear from you if you want to jump in. We've got a busy week ahead with the number three football team in the country coming to town. For a Saturday uh, tilt against the Fighting Illini, who are on a mini roll of a three or a two game winning streak, trying to make it three, that'd be some news. Oh, I mean, this would be, and and Bob writes about it in in tomorrow's paper. This is again, I'm not predicting that Illinois is going to pull the upset of the college football season and beat Ohio State, but this would be a this would be arguably the biggest upset in college football this season. Well, Bob uh, and I have been around to see a few mm-hmm. of these kind of it's scenarios. Happened. But I think Bob would agree in 2007 when Illinois went to Columbus and beat the number one mm-hmm. team in the country, Illinois was a pretty decent team. They're good. And they end up playing in the Rose Bowl. But I don't know that that Bob uh, – I, I usually don't pay too much attention to what I think – how I think the game's going to come out. I'm more focused on what i got to do for the broadcast. So – but I don't remember going into that game in 2007 really thinking Illinois was going to win. Bob, did you? I picked Illinois to win. So, yes, I knew Illinois was going to win. Homer. Now, Matt will put a lot. Matt, Matt will, I don't care. I was right because I knew I watched that team that year. How'd that, that Rose Bowl pick go that year, Bob? Well, I was wrong on that one. But that uh, that was because the quarterback he's so short. Anyway, <laughs> but that team, that Illinois, that Illinois team was so good. And – so ready for that game, and I think Ohio State was a it was a trap game definitely because Michigan was next for them. They were just not ready, and I, I honestly, as good as Lovey Smith's team just played, you know that was the best game in his five years. Certainly, the Ohio State game was by far the Ron Zuck's best game during his career here, and, and he had them ready. They played great from the get go, so I thought they would win. And I remember thinking, wow, they're just the way they were set up right, and Ohio State just. All the talk in town in Columbus was like they they were not even. I don't think they knew Illinois was going to be the team they were playing that day. It's like all they were talking about was Michigan. It's like guys, you might, might want to get you know geared up for this team. That's pretty good. They just didn't pay attention. Illinois went in there and really kicked their butt. But I think uh, this game, I mean, compare this. Matt saw this for tomorrow. Uh, this Illinois team is not nearly as good as the 2007 version. Steve, you probably agree too, don't sure, you? Sure, yeah, I do. And also, I mean, being born and raised in Ohio, I know that Ohioans have a knack, especially Ohio football fans, which is about everybody in the mm-hmm. state, have a knack for uh, not being able to remember certain things about history of football, like that five-game Illinois winning streak over. <laughs> that never happened as far as they can remember. <laughs> yeah, and you have, to th- you have to think with this Ohio, this Ohio State team that's coming into Champaign on, on Saturday, they're, they're probably wanting to make a big emphatic statement given mm-hmm. the fact that they, they had that opportunity against Indiana and were up so big on them early and then let the Hoosiers come back and kind of similar to 
what happened when they played Rutgers earlier this year because after Illinois, they've got Michigan State and Michigan to close out the regular season, and then if they finish undefeated, they'll be in the Big Ten title game, and you would think you would think that whoever wins the Big Ten title game would be in the in the playoffs if Northwestern and Ohio State meet, and they're both undefeated going into that game. Uh, but this is a chance, I think, for Justin Fields to really kind of shake off a, a rusty performance by his standards last Saturday and really try to get him back kind of in the top tier for, for that Heisman Trophy discussion, which he is clearly in there. Um, but this is a chance for the Buckeyes to really just prove that kind of the struggles that they've had in the second half this season uh, are kind of a foregone conclusion and, and really put it to Illinois. And, and conversely, Illinois is looking at this as, you know, there's – they should look at this as there's no pressure on them because no one outside of that locker room is really expecting them to do much of anything on, on Saturday. And this is a chance for them to just shock the college football world and just upset the, the college football playoff in, entirely if they could pull off a stunner on Saturday. That's a big if, a big quantifying if. So have you made your pick yet, Bob, in the game? No, I, I think I'll go with Ohio State, but in a closer game than most people think. Maybe a ten point game. I've I've seen this play out a lot, Steve. You have too over the years. But yeah, I, I think Illinois loses, but loses close. So, I, and again, the claim's close, and Illinois gets a couple more turnovers than Ohio State does, and that changes the way the game can be played. I think having Brandon Peters back and healthy and playing effectively, it gives Illinois a puncher's chance, and that's you really at this point all they can ask for. That's right. If they win this game, it's going to shock America and just shock the Big Ten, and it will certainly ruin, not ruin the Big Ten's chances to have a playoff team, but it'll be really do great damage to that. Because I think if Northwestern wins the rest of the games, completely mm-hmm. win the Big Ten title game, they only get in the playoffs if they beat Ohio State along the way. Speaking of Northwestern, they were 11th in the, the AP poll today. How did you vote them? 11th. I okay. would love. I tried to put them in the top ten, just couldn't quite do it. They're close, and they probably could be ten easily. But yeah, they're again that win against Wisconsin was so impressive. So they deserve to be, the, you know, right there. Let's go back talk some uh, basketball with the season starting on uh, Wednesday. Some news concerning the uh, renovation of the Oven Basketball Facility. Scott, what do you got on that? Well, I think you know the big news. It was sort of secondary in this official release from Illinois, but you know, the maybe less big news uh, is they got a $500,000 gift from a, a U of I graduate to you know, aid in that renovation project that, here's the big news, will break ground uh, this coming spring. And with that 500000 Illinois is now at $22 million in commitments of the $35 million goal for the urban renovations that will essentially double the size of their practice facility. That's about 40,000 square feet um, to what was once sort of, you know, you know, cutting edge in college it basketball. Was. It, it really was, was essentially the first, you know, separate practice facility for a Division One program. You know, that was back in, and it opened in 1998. And now everybody has one. Uh, I mean, I use everybody a little loosely, but. A lot of college basketball programs have these practice facilities now. Um, so Illinois is you know, back in the facilities arms race and just upping the ante with you know, fairly substantial changes to their, to their facility. And the fact that they expect to break ground in the spring, that puts a little bit of uh, uh, a timeline to it. And I don't know how long the project will take. And 
a lot will depend on whether they get the rest of the money, I think. But uh, certainly they can get started on it and, and take aim for what the what it is they're going to have. Yeah, so I mean, you kind of look at the the Smith Center, you know, Florida football mm-hmm, team, mm-hmm. as an example. It just didn't pop up overnight. It was uh, at least what close to a two-year project, mm-hmm, essentially. Mm-hmm. So we'll be looking for the brand new up in basketball complex in twenty twenty-three, perhaps maybe late twenty twenty-two, maybe for that season, that start of that season. Um, hopefully by that time, maybe they'll let us back in the building. <laughs> Yeah, they'll need to no. give us a they'll need to give us a tour at some point, won't they? Yeah, you would think so. Let's just hope that that happens. Uh, I would ask you to put your prediction hat on there, Scott Ritchie, with the basketball season starting on Wednesday. The starting lineup doesn't matter to me that much, although people are curious about it because I've realized that the under sixteen timeout there'll be <laughs> two or three new guys coming in for Brad Underwood. But talk a little bit about the rotation, and if you want to tell me who you think might start the game, that's fine too. Yeah, well, Brett Underwood would be the first person to tell you uh, it does not matter who exactly. he throws out there as the starting five. What do you what do you think he values less, who starts a game or star rankings attached to recruits? Uh, <laughs> if there's some way for those to be equal, <laughs> that would be the case. But I I would imagine you know, there are some I think starters that you can pretty well lock in. Uh, Io Desumu, your preseason All American is going to start. Kofi Coburn will start. So there's two. Trent Frazier will start. I certainly foresee DeMonte Williams starting if Illinois goes with a four-guard lineup because that's what they did at the end of last year. So that leaves one spot open, and it's maybe a bit of a toss-up, but just let's say let's give it to Adam Miller. I would right think now. so. Because they, I mean, the need this for this season was a shooter, and he's going to be that guy. Yep. Yeah, and, and you write in, in tomorrow's paper, Scott, they had a scrimmage uh, last Wednesday at, at State Farm Center, and Austin Hutcherson, who I think a lot of Illinois fans are expecting to kind of fill a role of a shooter, he's still dealing with kind of a lingering back injury, so he's out for the time being, so we're not too sure when you might see him on the court at all. So I think Adam Miller kind of makes sense uh, for that fifth starter, and yes, it's a smaller lineup per se, but, uh, you know, Io 6'5", and DeMonte Williams will guard whoever – Brad I mean, Demonte is 6'3", but has like a 7-foot wingspan. Right, yes. yeah. 6'11". And then it really helps when you have Kofi Coburn in the middle <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> to to thwart Discourage any. people exactly. from attacking the basket. As far as the rotation goes, like Jacob Grandison will be a part of that. You know, the other set-out transfer from a year ago, especially with Austin Hutcherson not available on the wing. Andre Curbelo is going to get some minutes, of course. And then Georgie Bishanjvili. Sure. Mm-hmm. And if they don't go four guards, Georgie would start. Mm-hmm. At quote uh, the power forward next to Kofi. Well, and one thing you have to keep in mind too with this upcoming season is that everyone has a free year. To you know, right. y- you're not worried about burning a red shirt or anything like that. So you could see, especially if they get up big in in some of these early games this week in Champaign. You know, maybe Brad Edward just mixes his lineups up and just sees what kind of works well and and what doesn't. And maybe you see some young bigs too play more like Jermaine Hamlin and, and Brandon Lieb get some minutes and get some run on the court just because I think you can do that early yes like like this week like this yeah, week. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> then after that, that this maybe week. not exactly not again. just this week you'd say in the uh, pre-big 10 schedule in many years but the pre-big 10 schedule uh, features a couple of <laughs> daunting uh, opponents tougher games no doubt and then I did not mention Coleman Hawkins but I I, I really do see him getting some minutes just because you know and I wrote about this this past Sunday he can play 
three positions. Mm-hmm. You know, small ball five all the way to if they go big, you're playing the three some. Um, so I don't know how much he'll play, but I think he's a, he's a guy that doesn't get talked about a lot because, you know, of the freshmen, there's mm-hmm. oh, there's Andre Cabello, Adam Miller, and then, oh, yeah, Coleman Hawkins, fairly talented as well. Right. We need to take a break here as we approach 555. We'll do that and be back with some final words here on this edition of Monday Night Sports Talk. Don't forget, coming up at 7 o'clock, the Illini Coaches Show tonight will feature Lovey Smith for the uh, first 30 minutes of the show with Brian Barnhart hosting the show. Then Brad Underwood will be on with him for the second half of the show with football and basketball overlapping this week. Stay with us. We're back with more on Monday Night Sports Talk after this. Sitting towards that 6 o'clock hour. We've got about 90 seconds left. Scott Ritchie in his latest podcast talked about what? Well, this week's Inside Illini Basketball, which you can find everywhere <laughs> you get your podcasts or at IlliniHQ.com. That episode, was sort of episode a... Episode 126. Yeah. Just sort of a, a season preview type deal. Uh, Jim Rosso peppered me with questions about Illinois basketball, and I provided answers to the ones where I like legitimately could. Some, you know, maybe not so much. So you, the ones you don't know, you just make stuff up? or? Well, I, I will say it was like, maybe I don't know. Okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. Bob, what are you working on here for uh, upcoming editions of the News Gazette? Lots of football, of course. Looking at the Ohio State game all week and then cover the game. Can't wait. Happy Thanksgiving to you guys, by the way. Happy Thanksgiving, Bob. Make sure you send me that All-State football team tonight. (laughs) Have a good holiday, Bob. We appreciate it. Matt's going to tell us who's playing at 3 o'clock. Thursday afternoon and ESPN is Oklahoma State <laughs> and uh, someone in the Bad Boy Motors Classic in South Dakota or something. I'm sad that you know that. Hey, I know. Appreciate uh, it, guys. Happy thanks. Thanksgiving Happy to you Thanksgiving all. Thanksgiving to you. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks to Ed Bond as well. And don't forget the uh, the Illini Coaches Show coming up one hour from now, right here on WDWS Champaign Urbana for the guys. I'm Steve Kelly. Have a good night.